Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to a new episode of Field Days, an award-winning podcast about news and hot topics related to the Michigan Department of Corrections. Here are your almost witty hosts, Chris Gouts and Greg Straub. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Field Days Podcast. I'm Greg Straub, joined as always by the department spokesperson, Chris Gouts. Chris, it's a, it's a you know, we... we Last podcast was a new year, and we, and we promised that we would talk about the strategic plan, which is a big deal for us. Uh, you know, it's kind of the roadmap of, of everything that we do uh, in the next four-ish, I guess, maybe three years now. I think we've, we're one year through it. Right. So, you know, we probably should let people know where we're at with it, right? We put this document out, give it to everybody and say, read it, make sure it's out available to refer to. This is kind of what we want to look to the next four to five years. It's probably good to tell people where we're at with it, right? Yeah, so I think we mentioned this last time, but with the previous strategic plan, what we did was we, after the end of the four-year period, we put together a large document that was sent out to all the facilities and field offices that explained everything that we did. But we don't want people to wait for four years before they find out how we're doing with our, our strategic plan. So what we're going to be doing for the next four years is at the beginning of every year, we're going to be putting out a document we'll post online for everybody to see. They can see what objectives were, were finished in the previous year and, and what was done and what we achieved through that. So we just wrapped up. We're, we're in the final editing stage of the first year for fiscal year 2019. People can expect to see that hopefully in their inbox in the next week or so, uh, and then you'll be able to see this. But we wanted to give a little bit of a, a heads up for, for people who are listeners to the podcast. They get to be in the know before everybody else, before they actually read it. So we're going to kind of go through each of the objectives that were done for 2019 and, and what was accomplished. Yeah, I think that's good. I mean, I'd rather listen to it rather than read it. So you know, let's get, let's get right to it, Chris. So we talk about our objective 1.1, that's enhanced recruitment strategies and incentives to attract and retain quality staff. Have we got close to meeting that goal, Chris? We started on that, I assume? This was yeah. in September. Training division and, and all the staff that were involved in, in this and the administration really did a great job of doing things to help recruit new staff to the department. We had 774 graduates. We had 155 recruitment events. We hired 53 registered nurses. And then one of the biggest, biggest changes was that we implemented that 18-month credit waiver program. So before, you used to have to have 15 credit hours. Right of college courses to become a corrections officer. And we got rid of that, or not get rid of it, but we created this 18-month program, which we would had years ago, where you can hire in without the credits, and you have 18 months to get those, yeah. get those 15 credits. And that's proved incredibly successful because 585 of those officers that were hired came from that program, and already 114 have already completed their, their credits, and the rest are on their way to, to getting those before the 18 months are up. So that's brought a lot of people in the door, which, as, as you know, is incredibly critical because we've had such a, a big shortage of right. officers. And so anything we can do to, to bring in more staff, as well as uh, we embarked on an advertising campaign, uh, both uh, digital marketing social media, anything we can to find new new recruits uh, and to, to bring them in and get them trained. So uh, that was a big goal of ours, and that was something we really focused on in 2019. Yeah, and I think one of the cool things about this, too, is that, you know, I, I, I'm sure you guys um, saw a lot of comments on uh, social media on the Facebook page of applicants who kind of were like, hey, where's my, I, I applied, where's my application at? You, have you done interviews yet? I noticed that um, once you apply, you can now track the status of your application. That's so you huge. Yeah. Kind of in the know. I think that's a really, really cool feature that we added to the, the process. Because And that was definitely something that we responded to because we knew in my office, whether, whether it was Kamara when she was here or now Joelle, we would get tons and tons of messages on our Facebook account weekly, but sometimes even daily basis wondering, hey, I applied. When am I going to get an interview? When, when is this? And now they can go in and they can see exactly what where their status is. And that's a real benefit to everybody. Yeah. And so let's get to a, a objective 1.2, which is establish a wellness unit to address overall employee well-being with a target date of June 30th, 2019. 
I'm trying, I've never heard of a bonus unit. Do we have a bonus unit? We probably should, if we if we do, we probably should have on the podcast. Yeah, I think so. We have, maybe a three part <laughs> series. I don't, yes, I don't know, around Christmas. Clearly, we we clear the hurdle with this one, and the bonus unit was formed. Uh, Lynn Gorski and her team, who we've had on, you know, multiple times over the Christmas break and and, and before as well. The, the bonus unit is up and running, doing really great things. We were just in an event uh, last week, and we're talking with the wellness staff, and they were they had to leave early because they had to go off to uh, to help some staff that they were nearby at a facility dealing with an issue. Uh, but when we went back and looked at the numbers uh in the first six months of their operation they were in contact with more than 650 employees uh and i know from talking with lynn and from uh lloyd and, and everybody that's on the uh, lenny uh and sandra you know they've been out canvassing the state you know i think they've been to almost every prison if not all of them already uh meeting with staff introducing themselves making sure people know and and at this event that we're at we were going to talk about later i think there were about 15 wardens there and every one of them walked up and said oh you guys are the the wellness you know folks and oh i know this is uh this is lynn and they they know who these people are and they know them as part of this department and and have fully embraced them and it's really great to see yeah and i know they got big plans in the upcoming year to um get more formal peer supports and in chaplain programs and there's lots of things that, that they have planned to do that could involve staff out there so keep keep an eye out for that if you're looking to um be involved in the mdoc wellness unit and obviously there's there's some numbers on when, when this goes out you'll see some numbers to call if you do need to get a hold of the wellness unit or an email address um, so make sure you pay attention to that on objective 1.2 so moving on to objective 1.3, Mr. Gouts, that's uh, establish a new employee academy for non-custody employees with a target date of December 31st of 2019. We are well on our way with doing that too, right? Because I know the training unit has been working very, very hard at creating a, a non-custody new employee training curriculum, right? Yep. And that's going to allow those employees to receive uh, all the training that they need. It'll be instructor-driven courses. It'll be some face-to-face as well as some classroom and, and, and online components. So it's something that, that the director and others uh, realized, remembered that we used to have. Yeah, there was a gap, kind of, right? We were, we, were missing, we were missing this staff. We have lots of good training for officers. We have training for, for agents. But we do have a non-custody group of people that uh, there was a gap, obviously. Yeah. And in survey after survey, you always you heard from staff that they wanted more training. They wanted better interaction in terms of how to, how to do their, their jobs. And sometimes you get thrown into a job and, and you just have to learn it or you learn it from the person before. And if that person before wasn't the best at that job, you know, you didn't have a good handle on, on what you were supposed to be doing. So this is going to be a really great addition, uh, I think, to uh, the department. So we're really excited to have people start taking those classes now that the, uh, the training has been done. So moving on to objective 2.3. And, uh, you know, this is another one in the surveys you see a lot is the disciplinary process, right? Yeah. It's, it's, always, be, it's always mentioned in surveys. Training is a big one, communication and, and discipline. So strategic plan took that into consideration and added an objective to, to really look at this and see if we can enhance it or, or, or get better at it. So there, there is an epic group that is working on the disciplinary process. And I know they have put a lot of work into really taking people's comments and, and feelings and all that in, into consideration. And, you know, I know there's some, there's some really, I think, really cool changes coming out of this epic group that will, I'm sure be worked out. It's, it's a very difficult process. So I know all those pieces are getting put together now. So hopefully that'll come out soon in, in, the, in the coming year. Well, there's definitely going to be some communication around it once everything is done. And it's not to say that they didn't meet their goal of, of getting it. You know, the, the goal was to explore ways to refine the department's employee disciplinary process. And that started actually, I think, last summer. Yeah. So and they've been working on it really hard. So they, 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 they certainly have explored all the different aspects of it. And now it's just a matter of putting these into the employee handbook and, and really putting down on paper exactly what the committee came up with and what the director has agreed to. But yeah, there's some, I've heard a lot of people that have seen it, uh, that have said that it's really, it's going to be substantive and some big changes that people will certainly notice. And so once that's out there, we'll spend some more time explaining exactly what's changed 
uh, and what the new process is. Yeah, so moving on to Objective 3.3, which is to uh, redefine the roles and responsibilities of staff pertaining to mentoring, care, and case management of offenders. And this is a, uh, this, this is a really cool one, I think. I, I know... Um, they had a good leader doing <laughs> See, this one. Are you saying Noah? Noah, Noah yeah. Nagy is a good leader? Okay. I'm, I'm, well, you know, it was, it was Steve Rivard at first, right? Yes. And then he retired, and, and then Noah, so I didn't know who you're talking about, but... Of course, yes, I was both good, both good leaders. I agree with you, Chris. But this is a cool one for FOA. You know, it, it's really redefining the, the roles of the uh, the PC and the, and the ARUS and RUM inside the facilities. And in FOA, we really don't know what's happened with the person while they're inside because there's not a lot of case notes while they're inside. Staff aren't required to keep the story of the offender while they're inside. And, you know, we don't really know the good days and bad days of what, what happened with the person, why they had good days and bad days. So this is kind of redefining the roles of the, of the staff inside to really case manage and really put the case notes in to really tell the story of the person so that, number one, the field has a better picture of that person. But number two, I think, is to really focus and when we talk about offender success, when we talk about the coaching model, that shouldn't just start while, while they're outside. I mean, this this whole model of trying to get people successful and, and get them the programs they need to reduce their risk and really focus and target the driving factors that that, that brought them to prison should start inside. And, and that's and that's starting with uh, these these staff to help drive that. And I think this is a really awesome pilot that, that the department's got going on. Yeah, so they started it back in August in terms of the pilot. They, they had been working for months and months. I think it started in February. Uh, Noah's been up here for a lot of meetings and a lot of the staff that I've seen. They have a really good crew. Uh, but they, they started in August with a pilot at Cooper Street, Lakeland, Oaks, and at the Valley. And they went along, and then they decided that they were going to expand it to a couple of their facilities to uh, Cotton and Carson City late uh, in uh, in 2019. And that pilot's going to run through March. And so once that's done, they're going to come back and see, okay, what worked, what didn't, what needs to be tweaked. Cool. And then they'll make some final plans, and then those will ultimately be rolled out statewide. And it's going to be gradual. It's not just going to be flick a switch, and all of a sudden all these people at every facility have completely redefined roles. They're going to put roll them out kind of in batches and do a couple here, a couple there, and slowly get through those in 2020 and have those completely uh, rolled out. So don't worry. That's not going to be a quick change for everybody if you're not one of the pilot sites and you haven't heard much about it. There's going to be a lot more to come on this, uh, and it sounds like it's going to be really a really good positive change for, for everyone. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's super innovative things that we're doing. I, I think that's really cool that we can look at something and say, we can make this better. And then, right. you know, in, in this group is has has, has a well-rounded group of CFA, FOA, everybody's on this committee. So thanks to the group for working hard on this. This is a, a really huge thing for the department. Objective 5.2, Chris, you want to talk about this one? Yeah, so this objective was continue to safely reduce the use of segregation with a target date of June 30th, 2019. And this is another committee that uh, an EPIC team had been started prior and been looking at ways to uh, reduce the use of segregation, which the department has always uh, been in favor of, as well as diverting seriously many Ill, mentally ill prisoners from segregation. That's been a goal of the directors so that we don't have any seriously mentally ill people in segregation at all. Uh, and we actually have to produce a report uh, online to the legislature every year that shows those numbers, and you can see them, and they've dropped tremendously. Yeah, I mean, that's a great thing, though. I mean, you, you think of somebody who's mentally ill just to it's the worst place for the segregation, they, they're, they're going to decompensate and, and probably just get worse. So. Yeah. Uh, that's that's a that's a good strategy. So what they did was they created these START programs, and uh, a START program is a, is defined as a therapeutic housing unit uh, and program which teaches prisoners life and personal skills to help them avoid behaviors that require escalating security precautions, as well as addressing their overall mental health needs. And so we've now got START programs at three facilities: Ionia, Oaks, and the most recent one is at Marquette. And so now we're going to be looking at if there are other facilities where we can implement this and and bring it to as well. So so that's a big thing, but one of the, the the big things by by creating these start programs and doing this we've reduced our number of segregation beds in the entire statewide system by
by 150. And so we're hoping that that number can continue to go down uh, and have SEG only be for those who truly need it for a very short amount of time and then bring them back out. Uh, and that's the goal. It's to not have people sitting in SEG for, for months or for years. That's not the correct and proper usage of that and what that's for. So, uh, And we're also going to be monitoring everybody that's just in SEG in general and why they're in there for any long period of time. So segregation is something that's talked about you know, nationwide and is an issue. And I think with this program, what we're doing puts Michigan you know, right near the top of states that have really tackled this as an issue. Kudos to all the staff that have been working on the START program for, for a couple of years now. Yeah, and the next one we, we've talked about many times on the podcast, and that's Objective 6.3, which is expand opportunities to foster offender success. This is what we do here at Department of Corrections is try to find ways to make the individuals under our care successful long-term because that, that's good for everybody. It, this is not a surprise to anybody out there when we talk about offender success. We talk about vocational village, right? We've had it on the podcast uh, many, many times, and we know that we're expanding vocational village to WHV in the very near future. Chris, you can talk about this probably better than I can, but it'll have a little, little different look when we talk about the when we talk about the programming that is going to be offered to them. So it looks a little different than the ones at Parnell and MTU, right? Yeah, so what we did is we talked to industry leaders, and we talked to the, the female population uh, themselves and ask them you know, what they would be interested in. We then we also then talked to the business community and, and looked at the data and looked at what jobs are out there that would be best suited for them that we could teach and have the ability to either find the teachers that could do it and then also have the, the capabilities to, to do that work. And so the things that we're going to be offering to start are going to be cosmetology, 3D printing, robotics, carpentry, commercial truck driving, forklift operation, computer coding, horticulture, food technology, hospitality management, and then there's also going to be the Braille program, which we're going to be talking about uh, in more depth in a couple weeks from now. I think we're going to try to do something on the Braille program, so we're excited to talk about that. But it's not just the Vogue Village, and I know that gets a lot of the attention, but yeah. Kyle Shop and Offender Success and Heather Gay with Education have just done tremendous work, uh, not only last year, but in in, the, in previous years, uh, really ramping up our educational opportunities for prisoners. And we added three new Pell sites in 2019, Lakeland, uh, Gus, and Central Michigan. And then Hope College is going to be online at Muskegon Correctional Facility next May, uh, May 2020. And then we've got probably about a half dozen or so post-secondary schools and universities that have made the second round to uh, be our partners with Pell as well. So we're, we're excited to see what that brings in uh, 2020, along with, you know, the, the big things that we had this year at Parnell uh, already with the, the, the line clearing program and uh, the last mile computer coding. It's just been a really awesome year for education and for offender success programming. You know, these programs are, are really changing people's lives, and that's a huge, you know, if we, can, if we can get them some skills and we can reduce the risk while they're in prison and get them a good job before they get out, they're better off and they're well on their way to staying out and being successful and, and you know, taking care of their families and taking care of themselves, and it's just great all around. So that kind of wraps up what the progress report looks like for the last year, for, yeah, uh, for, 2019. Yeah, so there are a lot of objectives, a lot of things done in 2019, and we've got a whole bunch more coming in 2020 that we're going to be, not urgently start working on because I've been in meetings uh, oh, for yes. the last year about this and, and just actually last week had another meeting to make sure we were all on track and people were working to hit the, the goals for all the objectives for 2020. There's quite a few that we're going to be... Um, you're, a couple of these, you're pretty well, I'm excited about. In. I'm excited about many of these in the next, in the look ahead. I'm excited about quite a few of these objectives. So um, I don't know if you want to go through the ones that are due, but there's... Well, we, you know, we can just real quickly... Hit, hit the highlights? Yeah, I mean, you, we're going to establish a formalized mentoring program for staff. We're going to go to the coaching model, which go back and listen to the, all the stuff we've done with Brian Lovins before. We're going to become a trauma-informed department. We're going to look at technology and things that we can do to, to help both offenders and staff with, with new use of technology. Uh, we're going to develop strategies to, to manage the transgender population, develop a MAP program, which we've talked about, and I think we're pretty much already there. So uh, we've got until June of 
this, there's this a lot year, more to go. This is a this, yeah. is this is a good one, but yeah. This so is, we're right, right there. A mentoring program for prolees. I know you're really involved yep. in that one. Expand our investment in female offender programs. And so, yeah, there's just a ton. Runs the gamut. A little bit more FOA. This this year, there was a lot of those things that were really focused on CFA. Yeah. But next year, you're going to see a lot on the FOA side. So we're really excited for people to get involved in all those programs. Yeah. So, that, I mean, that wraps up the, the progress report for 2019. If you want to be involved in any of this stuff, please, um, please ask about it. Please uh, get involved because we would, would love your input. We need your input. Uh, we can't do it without your input. So please feel free to uh, take a look at the strategic plan. I'm sure you have it somewhere in your office. I, I guess I hope you do, right, Chris? They, they should. Yeah, they're <laughs> the answer should be no, I don't have it here. Yes. But take a look at it. See what's, see what's coming up next year in 2020. And if anything looks interesting to you, please give those ideas. Give 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 your innovative ideas to to us because and, we, and we, we want that. Get, get, get your ideas together, but also reach out through your supervisors or your, your wardens. If you see something on there that you have an interest in uh, that's coming up in 2020 or even even 2021 or, or later uh, and make sure that your chain of command knows that you have an interest in that because right now we're forming a lot of, a lot of epic teams to handle a lot of the 2020 uh, goals and so if you have an interest in that make sure that that's known so that when they're putting together these teams they know that there's people who have a real interest uh, in doing that so yeah definitely if you have an interest let us know so we can possibly get you on an epic team or at least hear your idea and, and possibly find a way to incorporate it into what we ultimately accomplish this year yeah so i saw that you were uh and i was actually there too but i was just gonna played off like I wasn't, but last week was a big event down in Jackson, right? Just happy, happy and sad. Yeah. Happy, a, a, for, a very, happy for him. A, a very good guy. A very, very good guy is retiring or is, is retired now. It, it was, it was cool to see all the people that showed up to his, um, is it a retirement party? I guess is, yeah. is uh, his family was there. I saw his grandkids running around. You know, I, I know you guys were down there and you got some, um, some audio of, of deputy director McKee talking about Lloyd Rappel J. And, uh, I think we probably should go to that now. Well, good afternoon, everybody. Thanks for showing up. It's a, it's a good day for Lloyd Rappel, Jay. <laughs> it's a sad day for Ken McKee, Heidi Washington, and the Department of Corrections. So, but anyways, we're here to, to recognize uh, Lloyd and his almost 33 years with the Department of Corrections. Also, um, Lloyd's a veteran of the Navy, and thank you for your service there. So it gives Lloyd almost 38 years of, of service to the department in our country. So we greatly appreciate that, Lloyd. We're going to miss you. I'm going to miss you, Lloyd. You're not going to find a more hardworking, dedicated individual. I mean, you'd send, I'd send Lloyd an email, I'd make a telephone call to Lloyd, and you got a response back. You need something from Lloyd, you got it from Lloyd. Your hard work, Lloyd, your dedication, um, from the bottom of my heart, uh, thank you very much for all your years of, of dedication and hard work, um, but especially the last four and a half that we've worked directly with, with each other. Uh, Lloyd was, Lloyd was in the north. We asked him to come to the south. He, he did that with basically without hesitation. And uh, again, in every position that he was in, he just did an outstanding job. So thank you for all that. Absolutely. Uh, I just want to say uh, thanks, everyone, for coming. I've enjoyed working with all of you through the years, and I've gotten a lot of emails and stuff from others who couldn't be here, and I know how that is because we're all busy and we have things going on, but uh, it's taken me time to reflect over uh, and how time flies, and uh, it just seems like yesterday that I was looking for a job and found <laughs> corrections, and, uh, but uh, it's you know, end of the road, but I appreciate the uh, work. I do have to say that... Uh, with the leadership we have, I think we are cutting edge corrections and that's so to all our staff that work hard every day and uh, keep doing what you're doing. Uh, and uh, I, I'm proud to be a, a member of this department and 
working with all of you. Thank you for everything. Well, it's awesome to hear that. You know, it, it's it's cool what Lloyd said there. You, you know, you have a longtime employee who still has that 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 passion, and you can you can hear it. And uh, I think that's really cool what what he said. Yeah, I, I I'm gonna really miss Lloyd. You know, I had a chance to talk to him a little bit last week before uh, the event, and and he was just talking about how you know he, he's been here for 32 years, and he could very easily have been the type that said, you know, this is the way it's always been done. Uh, I don't like all this new stuff. And he's probably one, been one of the biggest advocates for the change and all of the, the things that we're doing uh, right now with Offender Success and uh, the promoting the department. Uh, and he's right at the front of that. And, and it's so good to see an employee who's been here for that long that's still invested and still wants to see change and accepts change and wants to do it. And uh, you know, he has one of those jobs that probably 99% of people in Michigan don't know his name don't know that he exists. People here in this department do and, and know him and respect him, but everybody in Michigan should feel a little bit better that there's somebody like Lloyd Rappeljay out there who, when he was working inside, was help keeping the state safe. Uh, and for generations to come, we're going to be a safer state because he was helping to train and motivate and guide and supervise all the people who are going to live on past him uh, and, and continue to work with us. And so uh, just a really great guy and left a real legacy here that's going to go on for a long time. Uh, and it's all the things that he's done has really helped to keep people safe. Yeah, good guy. Good luck. Good luck to him and uh, everything he does, you know, in, in his in his retirement. Very well deserved. But, you know, with Lloyd retiring, that, that does kind of the dominoes start falling, right? And I, and I know a lot of, a lot of yeah. positions open up. And then... You didn't get any promotion. I noticed that. So they made the right decision there, I see. <laughs> yeah, as long as I'm on the podcast, I'm not getting promoted anywhere. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, uh, you know, there, there was shortly after that, um, you know, we, we have this week. So people in CFA started some new positions. Yeah, a lot of podcast bumps that we can get to take credit for. So thanks, Lloyd. Uh, but really thanks to us. Thanks you know, to, they thanks can, to us, They right. can be thanking us for for, for their promotions without uh, the podcast this without, would never have happened yeah, exactly, absolutely yes. we we take full credit for anything positive that happens if you're on the podcast anybody. good things happen and if something bad happens it didn't it's really happen yeah, or it's, yeah, it's really <laughs> your fault but uh, but yeah we had some really great podcast bumps that we get to talk about and that the first one is obviously you can't replace Lloyd but uh, in the acting role to fill in for in, in Lloyd's absence is going to be Jeremy Bush who was the warden at RGC a uh, friend of the pod yep. so he got the podcast bump he's going to be moving a little bit farther down Parnell Road in Jackson and and then we have what we got Sean, Sean Brewer, Brewer yeah. Sean Brewer who I don't I think he is a friend of the pod in terms of listening but I don't know that we've ever had him on which we're going to have to correct uh, now that he's going to be well, here he in Lansing. Well, he the bumps we had to have been at some point. We have to go back and listen up. But he's going to be uh, here in Lansing, uh, an assistant deputy director position in the a- an acting role. In the operations. Yep. Sure, yep. And uh, another friend of the pod, Russ Verka. We're going to j- kind of jump around here, but uh, was at Lakeland uh, as an AA and then uh, acting assistant deputy warden. Is now going to become acting deputy warden for uh, Warden Nagy uh, at the Cotton Correctional okay. Facility. So congrats to Russ and uh, you're welcome. Uh, for your for your for your podcast bump, I know it's uh, I know it's all about us. Uh, but yeah, there's just a lot of people that are moving around. And uh, what, Matt, Matt Mates, another friend, of another pod. another friend of the pod, of course. And you're I welcome again. Yeah, yeah, you, Matt, you're welcome. He's going to be an assistant deputy warden at uh, MTU, where he was the AA. And uh, while he's, I don't think he's ever been on the podcast. One I'm just really happy and excited for is Scott Yoakum, mm-hmm. who when I started was an AA and was an incredible AA at MTU. And then moved up the chain uh, there and is now going to become the acting warden at RGC. So really cool to see that. And another one that I'm really happy and excited and proud for is uh, Sarah Schroeder, who was, when I started, was the AA at uh, Marquette. Uh, and now is going to be the acting warden at Baraga because uh, Dan Lisitz uh, is retiring after many years of state service from Baraga. So just a, a, a lot of movement a lot going happening. on in CFA, yeah. A lot going a lot, on. A lot of moves. Uh, and so it's just, we, and we didn't get to them all. Yeah. We, wanted, we want to at least mention the ones that we get to take credit for. <laughs> 
It's uh, the only ones we mentioned. <laughs> but congrats to everybody else uh, who who also uh, saw some uh, promotions coming their way. So very, very cool. Yeah, huge kudos to everybody. You guys do an amazing job. You work hard. That's cool to see. But you know, we, we didn't talk about this very much, Chris. I know we got to wrap this up because we've been going on forever. But there was a press release prior to Christmas, I believe, right? Wasn't it prior to Christmas? Uh, it was in uh, December. But we haven't talked about it. Yeah, because we, of the holidays. We, yeah, we record Basically. a lot of those episodes before we leave, uh, so that we're we'll talking talk about our secrets. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, but I thought the press release was was super important. And it kind of gives gives some really good stats on where we're at, where we've been, where we're going, and and I think you probably should talk about it because it's really huge to to see the success that the department's having and in the numbers and the numbers are all trending in a very very positive direction. There's quotes from executive director from American Probation and Parole Association, which is an organization that is you know hugely important to uh, this field, and they are saying that you know we're we're leaders when it comes to corrections. So let's talk a little bit about the about the press release you guys put out. Yeah, we we just wanted to highlight you know all the success that our staff has had in re- reducing the the prison population, uh, as well as like you said every other metric. You know we get these um, PowerPoint presentations from Jeff Anderson in the research shop, uh, another friend of the pod. Every year he puts together this thing and, and it, he adds a year onto whatever chart that he's tracking, whether it's recidivism or the commitment rate or, or you know dis- uh, felony disposition. But then at the end, he started putting this thing where you look and you see each of those trends that were mentioned above and what direction they're heading. And they were all in green. Literally every metric uh, in this department is headed in the right direction. And so we're just so proud. And we wanted to make sure that our staff knew how great a job they're doing and yeah. what people nationally that they see that and they recognize that. So I think it'd be too easy to fall into the trap of, you know, you open up the paper, you see something negative. Just take the time to really understand that well, what that you're doing. Well, that doesn't yeah, tell the whole story. That doesn't tell the whole story Yeah, you pick out the paper, you're not getting the full story of what's really happening. So we have to be more proactive in explaining you know how great a job our, our team is doing and yeah, all of our these numbers aren't because of you gals these are because oh, yeah. of people Th- out these there are not working these are not podcast hard numbers yeah. <laughs> these are people who are, are doing the job staff and doing, doing it, an awesome job out there doing if, whether it's the agents parole agents it's the officers the housing staff i mean everybody is coming together and making this work and our population is almost under a thirty-eight thousand. uh we're, we're almost at that mark and you know four or five years ago we were in the 40s 10 years ago 12 years ago we were in the high 50s and the population is continuing to go down and right now we're our population numbers we haven't seen these this level of uh lowest low population since the the mid 90s and so everything is just moving in the right direction and the director and all the things we implemented in the previous strategic plan and now in this one everything is working towards that goal of safely reducing the population but more important than that the parole board is doing an outstanding job of their having higher parole approval rate, but they're also seeing fewer people come back. And so more people are going out the door, fewer people are coming back in. And what's even more exciting is fewer people are coming in the front door to begin with. There's a couple of things there. One, crime is down around the state. So overall crime is down. Uh, but two, a lot of things that we're doing, uh, like with the PSS, uh, we're providing judges more opportunities uh, with like the RAP program. We're creating things that are helping to reduce on the front end. And so that was one of Director Washington's big goals when she started as director in 2015 was attacking the front end. For I think for too long, we just kind of thought, well, we don't control who comes in the front door. So we have to focus on once they get to prison and then and supervise them when they get out. And so we've done a lot of things on the front end with the, with the probation population, creating programs so that they don't commit another crime that sends them to prison or violate their probation in a way that sends them to prison. So it, it's just so exciting to see everything moving and trending in the right direction and uh, very proud of all the work that all of our staff are doing to, to make that happen. Yeah, so if you didn't get a chance to see that, I, I hope you did, but uh, it is on the website, right? They can, they it's, can on the, yeah, it's on the website. You can see it, and it got a ton of media attention. We had a lot of people do stories about it. I know I did some TV interviews about it. Charles Levins, a friend of the pod, said he heard it all over the Saginaw uh, radio stations uh, when, it, when it first came out, and in Detroit as well. So it got a lot of attention. It was really exciting to see that the media was you know, seeing something positive and, and spending a lot of time talking about it and, and not just you know something negative or finding 
and it seems impossible, but to find something negative that you could possibly even say uh, about these numbers. Uh, so yeah, really, really great to see. As always, huge kudos to all the staff out there who make a difference. It is having a huge uh, impact on people in the state of Michigan. So anything else you got, Chris? That was uh, that was quite the progress report. Look ahead. Yeah, I think we probably should get it. If people haven't checked out already, I think they probably have. So we probably should. Uh, as soon as you start talking, most people do check out. Yeah, so, yeah same. Um, so make sure you tune in next week to a new episode of Field Days Podcast. All right, as always, thank you for listening. We'd love it if you would help us spread the word about the podcast. You can do that by subscribing to the show on iTunes and leave us a review. You can always follow the department on Facebook at MI Corrections and on Twitter at Michigan DOC, as well as the FOA account at MDOC FOA and the CFA account at MDOC CFA. And you can send any questions you have to the show using the hashtag AskFieldDays. Until next time, thanks for tuning in to Field Days Podcast.